TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Good afternoon. This is J. Ryan McCarthy at your service and a happy St. Patrick's Day to all. We're going to have a St. Patrick's Day program for you. Our guests are Mr. Owen O'Mahony and Mr. Basil O'Connor, both natives of Ireland. And of course, later on, you may call a mission 78900 with your comments or question. And I'll be speaking with these gentlemen after this. Why not make cleaning easier? Millions of women do with Renewsit Dependable Cleaner. Available in drug, hardware, grocery, and variety stores. Renewsit. Our guests are Mr. O'Mahony and Mr. O'Connell, and welcome to both of you. Mr. O'Mahony, I understand that you're going to be um, lecturing or at the University? Of Southern Illinois at Carbondale for the next three months. Is that what brings you to St. Louis? Yes, I'm taking St. Louis on the way, thanks to Father Daly. Who is here right who with us, here too. With right. Uh, we, we broke our journey, and we're going on to St. Louis on Tuesday or Wednesday. And Mr. O'Connell, what are you doing in St. Louis? Well, I'm a rolling stone. I am a freelance. I am a pensioned cop, policeman. <laughs> but I have done some 60,000 hours work in research, in the complicated subject of factual Irish genealogy. Though I know nothing about the subject, I know much more than any other living person. <laughs> My object is to decontaminate the social history of all these pixies and old-fashioned stories and to replace them by fact. Mr. O'Mahony, what is that you're wearing on your lapel there? This mm -hmm. shamrock I bought it to the GPO in Dublin yesterday, just beside the fallen Nelson pillar. You know, in the Chicago paper this morning, it was an editorial saying that, in regard to St. Patrick's, that there is a theory there were two St. Patrick's. Do you know about this theory? Professor Alfred O'Reilly's uh, uh, brother, Professor Alfred O'Reilly, is the brother, is the father of the professor of anatomy here, Dr. Ronan O'Reilly in St. Louis University. Uh, professor Thomas O'Reilly, uh, the uncle of the professor here and brother of Monsignor uh, Alfred O'Reilly, developed that theory that there were two St. Patrick's. Uh, it, it may very well be that the people got mistaken. It's well, foreign names, you know, people get mixed up with. Uh, but uh, there's no, that doesn't interfere with the historicity. They didn't say that there was no St. Patrick. They said there were two men uh, with the same name, uh, just as... Uh, 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 they say that it wasn't Sh Shakespeare wrote, uh, Bacon wrote Shakespeare, but was another man of the same name. Well, actually, they say uh, St. Patrick wasn't an Irishman. Oh, he wasn't Irish, unquestionably. He was a, he was a missioner, son of a Roman 
official in England, but whether he was had Celtic blood or not, he's believed to have been a nephew of St. Germanus of Auxerre, and his education was in Gaul. But he was that sort of a European person. There was no nationality very much at those days. He was a highly civilized son of a Roman official, and we don't know exactly what his blood was, but he possibly had some Celtic blood, just as St. Paul was a Roman citizen, but he was a full-blooded Jew. Did he drive the snakes out of Ireland? Well, we don't know whether there were ever any snakes in Ireland. He gets the credit for it, but there are no snakes now except human snakes, <laughs> occasionally, but they're in all countries. An American wanted to insult the Irish people and insult St. Patrick 60 years ago, and he went to the top of Blarney Castle, and he threw a snake down, and he wrote a letter to all the Irish papers saying, now I'll prove St. Patrick was a fool. But there are no snakes. The snake died. There was no food for him. Hmm. You were, were you in Ireland recently when they blew up the statue of... Oh, I, was, I heard the explosion. I was talking with... A fr I left Dublin at half past twelve. A friend drove me home, and I was talking outside my lodgings until about a quarter past one, and I was just, just got into bed when the explosion went off. I didn't know what it was. Uh, I was in Dublin in November 1928 when King Billy was blown up. I heard him blown up. I was an undergraduate in Trinity at the time. And I believe that I was in a friend's rooms in Trinity with a, an Australian barrister who painted Rima with green paint to pretend it was the IRA in London. He, he, there were high English Tories who didn't like modern art. So they went out from dining at Gray's Inn and they painted Rima green. <laughs> the uh, the uh, wonderful statue in uh, the park. Well, I believe I was in a friend's rooms in Trinity when King George II went up in Stephen's Green in 1936. But I was sound asleep the other morning when the Irish army finished the Nelson blow-up. I didn't hear it at all. Is the IRA still in existence? Well, we believe that they are, but this is a splinter group of the IRA. This, this blowing up was not approved of by the IRA at all. Did the Irish people approve of this blowing up? Of no, Nelson? I don't think so. I think we're naturally a conservative people, and we felt that that, was, that Nelson monument was really a tribute to our tolerance. Uh, <laughs> <that> we had, <laughs> the, the men who had, were entitled to blow it up were the men of Easter week, and they didn't. And it was a wonderful tribute to our tolerance that there was poor old Nelson standing over us. Well, this has been contention for a long time, though, hasn't it, this statue? Yes, uh, it's a, it was a beautiful column. It should never have been erected there, of course. It should have been put in Parnell Square or in Mountjoy Square to dominate the city. It was too big a column for such a narrow street as O'Connell Street. And I, what I cannot understand is how the great architect Francis Johnson who was associated with the building of it and with the building of the post office nearby ever consented to have the two buildings so close together. But of course it, what happened was that the Nelson column was put up first in 1807 and the post office was not put up until 19, 1815 or so and he was placed faced with a fait accompli. The government said you must build a post office near the pillar. But in a way I think the pillar was as necessary to the GPO as a campanile is to a Romanesque church. But it's leveled now. We're marvellous people in Ireland for using sledgehammers to crack nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I'll return. Let's give our phone number in case the audience wants to call. Our phone number is Mission 78900. <laughs> for meals the whole family will go for, serve RF Spaghetti. Feed so many for so little. R.F. Spaghetti. Most people think that prune juice is prune juice. It's not, you know, any more than, say, coffee is bean juice, or 
tea is leaf juice. You don't squeeze these delicious drinks, for each of these drinks takes a slowly grown, sun-drenched product of nature and extracts from it a rare and remarkable essence. And like coffee beans or tea leaves, prunes from California are brewed and steeped in their own rich, bubbling liquor to release all their stored-up vitamins and minerals so important for good health, all their natural fruit sugars so kind to your digestion, all their quick energy to perk up your spirits. The result is really much more than prune juice. It's elixir. It's ambrosia. It's good to drink. And it's good for you. So tomorrow morning, why not propose a toast to your health with a chilled glass of sunshine, prune juice, brewed and steeped from the prunes of California. Good afternoon. Your question, please. Yes, I'd like to tell course. me what the very first step is to check the genealogy of a family from Ireland would be. Who would I write or where would I write? And would they know anything offhand about the name of Fitzgibbon from County Mayo, I believe? Let's find out. Thank you. Fitzgibbon? Fitzgibbon from yeah, County Mayo. I, yeah, I can't hear the question. Yeah. Fitzgibbon from County Mayo. It's not a, usually a Mayo name. It's a, more a Munster. Uh, Fitzgibbon were the great gibbons, the mock gibbons in Irish. For John Fitzgibbon, Earl of Clare, the unpopular Lord Chancellor of Ireland, the architect of the Union, a very able man, son of a spoiled priest, or possibly an apostate priest, who was worth £60,000, which would be £600,000 today. I, they say he made it to the bar. I don't believe it. He must have done a little smuggling or some dishonest trading on the side. But they're a very, they produced the White Knight, the famous uh, Fitzgibbon, uh, who is buried in Kilmallock. They're a great Munster family. It's anglicized or hibernicized into gubbins sometimes or gibbings. They're a great... I'd never heard of them associated with Mayo. They're a Norman family. Basil would know all about the Fitzgibbons. I can give a footnote onto that. In the way that these things have been treated by history, uh, Fitzgibbon, the Earl of Clare, uh, has always been credited with being the grandson of a stable boy with no background. That is not so. Uh, he was of uh, a fairly high uh, status of middle class. He was a very, very able man. His father, under the pressure of events, conformed to the established church, and as often happened with the children of such a match, the son was very bitterly anti-Catholic. He felt that the Catholics were turning up their nose at him because to us conformity was the great treachery. There were 7,000 people conformed. They had to conform because they were under a pressure almost as great as that of the Jews under Hitler. Um, the Fitzgibbons I would join issue on the fact that it was possible to trace these Fitzgibbons to the White Knights. There is at present quite a well-known author, Constantine Fitzgibbon, who comes from that stock, but the expert on the subject is not myself, but a certain Paddy Lord Dunboyne, a lawyer in uh, London, who has done a lot of work on it and I suppose he must have three or four thousand descendants of um, uh, the great Lord Clare um, in exact and precise tree form. 
Well, of course, Constantine Fitzgibbon is only Fitzgibbon in the female line. Yes. His father was the head of the House of Dillon in France. Constantine Fitzgibbon is really Count Dillon of Dillon's regiment. Oh, I didn't know. Yes, but uh, <laughs> I can't tell on the radio. <laughs> we'll, re we'll return after this. <laughs> Henry, 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 Henry. My dearest, you dazzle me. Your beauty is blinding. You glow like the sun. Oh, that's Brinsow, Henry, darling. What? New sunshine, Brinsow, yes. Oh, lend me your sunglasses, Gloria, and tell me more. New Renzo has wild sunshine whitener, sweetheart, uh -huh, yes. that make clothes so fresh and sunny. It's like, what? I don't know, it's like, like, like I don't know, it's what? like, I don't know, it's like drying them outdoors. Oh, Gloria, you're so clever. Will you yes, marry? Yes, yes, You will? Yes. Oh. If you would like a sunny glow in your clothes, too. Oh, rapture, you mean Henry, you, darling, what, what? you are the only uh, man in the world uh, with whom I'd share my sunshine rinso. Oh, marvelous. New sunshine rinso with sunshine whiteners. Put rinso sunshine in your machine. Do all your washing with rinso sunshine. Sunshine whiteners, sunshine brighteners, rinso clean. <laughs> Mr. O'Mahony, we just played some commercials here. What were you telling me about commercials in Ireland? They love them? They, they love playing commercials here. I'm, that's why I'm asking for tapes to put them on the Irish radio, because your commercials are so brilliant and sparkling. Ours are frightfully dull. They're very, very uh, tiresome. Uh, the English and Irish commercials are really a disgrace. What kind of commercials do you have? Oh, they're frightfully respectable. <laughs> <laughs> There's Good. no life in them at all. Good afternoon. Your question, please. Uh, well, I just had a comment that uh, I heard Carmel Clare on Arthur Godfrey's program this morning, and uh, she said she was glad to see uh, the statue gone. She said, after all, that, that was always an Englishman standing there. And uh, this man made the comment that it was a narrow street, and uh, she said it had three-lane highway on each side. And what is his comment? Let's find out. Thank you. Would you like to talk, Basil, no, about no, the no. Nelson statue? Earl Street has got nothing whatsoever to do with Lord Nelson. <laughs> Earl Street is called after the Moore family, Earls of Droida. And they were, they were such an important family that there was Henry Street, Moore Street, Earl Street, Of Lane, and Drogheda Street, which was the old name for O'Connell Street. O'Connell Street was turned into two. Upper was Sackville Street and lower was Drogheda Street, the townhouse of the Earls of Drogheda. They were the Moore family who got the stolen property of Mellifont Abbey, the Cistercian Abbey in Louth, and their country mansion was Moore Abbey, Monastreven, afterwards occupied by John McCormick, and now a home for imbecile children run by devoted saintly nuns. <laughs> and uh, Earl Nelson happens to turn the blind eye on Earl Street. It was where four streets met, but we have frightful traffic jams now. I, the, the, when Mr. Costello and Mr. James Dillon, who's talking very, very big now, he says it was an ignorant mafia blew it up, but why didn't he and Mr. Costello take poor old Nelson down when they took away Queen Victoria in 1948? They took Queen Victoria away from Linster House for fear their parliament next door would be blown up. They had no fear. They didn't do anything about the post office. They should have taken down poor Nelson and left the statue. But we have a genius for smashing nuts with sledgehammers in Ireland. Uh, they, they take down the statue by all means, but don't take down this beautiful pillar. It was a work of art. 
And the trouble, of course, was who would we put up instead? Because you'd have to put a contemporary figure. Robert Emmett was not sufficiently a, a national figure. He's a darling and much beloved, and they're putting up his statue now. Again, in, in Dublin, I'm glad to see. There's that beautiful one in San Francisco. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.